0: Welcome to the Match of My Career podcast. My name is Todd Schooler, and on this podcast, I interview ex-tennis players about the favorite match of their career. In this episode, I'm chatting with Australian tennis player, Ramiz Junaid. Ramiz reached a career high of 293 in singles and 62 in doubles. Today, we go back to Wimbledon 2019, and we chat with him about his round two matchup. A full disclosure, I've known Ramiz for about 30 years. We went to high school together and played junior tennis together, but I'd never had a chance to sit down with him and talk about this match. It was something I'd been looking forward to for a long time, and I really enjoyed it. Here's my chat with Ramiz Junaid. Ramiz, thanks for joining me, mate. It's, um, we've been trying to get this done for a while, so I'm glad you found the time. And where do we find you right now?
1: So I'm right now in Germany, on the way from Frankfurt to Fotsheim, Um a club that I've played league matches in for, I think I'm going to say 16 years now. This is my 16th year, 2006 or 2007 season is when I started playing for this club, league matches. And in Germany, they play league matches over five weekends on a Friday, Sunday A Bundesliga club. And they were very nice to me. And they said, yeah, they've always had a former player on their team, an Australian guy, uh, Peter Chamecki." And uh, they said they would like to have another Australian player on their team. They had quite a good time with him, a good experience with him. And I was based out of Frankfurt at the time and uh, so yeah that partnership has continued I've played for them I'm not playing Bundesliga anymore playing in the lower leagues a little bit more as I'm not playing professionally on the tour you know participating in the over 40s team in Germany they also have uh, you know for the older players leagues uh, where it's uh, you know related to age so I'm driving there now and I do one day of uh, coaching. In that club.
0: There was one question I wanted to ask you officially before we got into it is are you officially retired?
1: It's a good question uh, so I haven't played a tournament since Corona hit, I've uh, played a couple of exhibitions, played a couple of elite matches officially retired I'd never officially retire even if I'm 70 you know? so I think Uh, The retirement's a tough one, as you see, you know, like, what's a retirement? I hope I never retire from tennis. (laughs) That's my answer to that question. But uh, I hope I I play on till I'm seventy. I'm 70. I don't know which level of uh, events I'll play and what tournaments and stuff. Will I play professionally on the tour? Never say never. But, yeah, I think it's uh, in those times uh, I've had a lot of fun playing a lot of good tournaments on tour. So, tough question. Leave
0: it open. The match that you've chosen to to talk about a bit more in depth here is... When you played Wimbledon, you played doubles at Wimbledon. We're going to your second round match. So that was your very first main draw at Wimbledon, wasn't it? 2009.
1: That was the first ever time, yeah, first time I ever played Wimbledon. Main draw.
0: Tell me about that feeling. You weren't definitely in, were you? Because you actually lost in the last round of, and we're talking doubles here, you lost in the last round of doubles qualifying, didn't you?
1: Yeah, so it's a really, really fun story. So we, my, me and my partner, Philip Marks, we've been playing a lot of tournaments on the Challenger Tour, which is the one tier below the, the, the bigger tournaments, the ATP Tour events. And, um, and we'd both broken the top 100 in doubles. We were still playing singles at the time. I was pretty high in the rankings then, too, around 300. Not Top 100 is where you want to be, make the grand slams of singles. And, but we'd been progressing well in doubles. When we were playing our singles, we were doing well in doubles. And we were both top 100. So we were actually hoping to somehow get into the main draw direct entry when you're getting close to top 100. But we didn't make it. It was a stronger event, a stronger field this year. And we were the number one seeds in the qualifying. Then we were one out of the main draw. And, uh, so we end up playing qualifying. We won our first match and then we end up losing our second match. Obviously we had a lot of expectations on ourselves together because we were the number one seed and we thought you should qualify. It wasn't our best performance with the expectations. Uh, and the first time ever making main draw of Wimbledon, it's a dream. And, uh, you know, we got a bit, you know, mentally distracted with our process and what had to happen. But we, after the match, we went to the supervisors and said, okay, you know, is the tournament over for us? And they said to us, look, uh, it depends on if someone gets injured there's all what we call a lucky loser spot alternate maybe other people understand that lucky loser spot that you've lost um you come you you'll come next week to this on site which is the main wimbledon site and then you sign in as a lucky loser and if a few players pull out you will uh, get to play so they said what happens is the process the first two seeded teams in the qualifying uh, get pulled out of the hat, and we were number one seeds. Normally, we should be the first team, but they said just to be fair, they always pull out the two team, the first two teams, and we uh, get, got pulled out second. So we needed two teams to pull out for us to get in, which was a bit unlucky. But uh, you know, that's part of uh, part of the part of the rules, and that's where it to follow. So then the first team got in, and um, on the second day of the tournament, the Tuesday of first week of Wimbledon, they came to us and they said, Marat Safin has pulled out of the tournament it's going to be his last tournament he's retiring from the game and he was entered in the doubles and he will not be playing the doubles they said you guys will take his spot and i still remember the guy coming and telling me this and i'm thinking wow it's gonna happen we're gonna play wimbledon one time they're gonna let us walk onto the hallowed turf of Wimbledon, you know, they're going to let us step on the courts with some grass court shoes and, you know, you've imagined it, you know, you're on site and you've seen this stuff that you've watched on TV, the center court and, you know, the tradition of the place and stuff, so.
0: Was it everything you expected?
1: I think it on TV it looks better or bigger and I think you make it bigger in your mind by having it on TV. It's a place with a lot of tradition, so I think I think we all live in our own little world and i live in my own little world and I thought when I walked there, I thought about the times I woke up in the middle of the night to watch those matches, and I think it's more walking there, you got the feel, you know, sometimes they showed the grounds, the outside courts, and now you're hitting on the outside courts, on the practice courts, you're allowed there, you're hitting there, and I think it reminds you of those times when you watched Wimbledon on TV, I think that comes back more as, you know, that feeling of, uh, you know, you're around bigger players, that didn't excite me as much, but it really excited me, it it reminded me of those times when I woke up and watched my favourite players playing, and just that environment it reminded me what i watched the green and the grass no there's no advertising and and you have a badge around your neck you know that allows you to go on the grounds everywhere and i uh, think that's more of that sticks with me you know and then uh, i remember actually calling you half an hour after that
0: i was flying over to europe i think i arrived on the wednesday which would have been day 1 of the doubles first round and you guys played on the Thursday, I think. We played on the Thursday, you're right, so because that was the day
1: one of the doubles, but the schedule worked out that we weren't on the schedule, then you had a day, we settled in and then Thursday was the first match of them of the
0: tournament. It was a dream for me. Like I, I couldn't believe what I was seeing and obviously for you you've been around the scene a little bit longer, so as you say it was it was less overwhelming but just as inspiring I guess to know that you were there and you'd made it to Wimbledon.
1: I'll tell you a good story about watching Wimbledon, you know, I used to watch Wimbledon at night. You know our time Oz time it's always at night and uh i used to watch alone you know sister mother going to bed and i used to always think to myself one day i'll go there you know one day i'll go there but as my career developed like i got to 17 18 19 and uh i took some hits where i wasn't as good a player as i thought i could be and and a lot of people said to me that you know i'll never make it to to this place for what singles doubles mixed doubles whatever and uh and I, I made a pact to myself when I was 20, 21. And I said to myself, one day I'll go there. I kept repeating that to myself. And I said, one day I'll go there. But I actually said to myself, I will never, ever go there if it's not the first time I go there as a player. So till that day when I walked onto the uh, onto the grounds, I had never been to Wimbledon. So I, for, I had never been to Wimbledon. It was a pact that I made to myself. If I ever go to Wimbledon, it'll have to be as a player. Or And I said, if I never go there, I will always watch that on TV till the end of my life, but I will never go there if I'm never ever stepping on there as, as a player. After that, I said, if I've stepped on there as a player, I've been there, I've seen it. I'll go there as a spectator. I'm a big tennis fan, obviously. And, uh, but I said that because I watched that and I thought, you know, I had a dream and I, it looked like I wouldn't make it. And, you know, it's, it's a big world out there in tennis. And, uh, but you know, that those, those type of achievements, that's yeah, something I didn't look good. You know, I didn't look good. Like, I mean, I. I will be honest, I said many times, many years of my career, I thought I would never get there. And I think the players that have reached there, some get it a bit easier, some get it a bit harder, but they all deserve it. And uh, for me personally, uh, this this stays with me. That's my trophy to myself, you know, to go, to go, you know, that one day I want to go there as a player and then put it all on the line and say, I'll never go there. As, a, as I'm, I'm a huge tennis fan. I love the game, you know. To not ever go to Wimbledon would have been very tough for me. I don't know if I would've even held off on this pack until when I was older. But until that day, I lived in London. Players from the academy went to watch Wimbledon and I said, I will not go there. That place, I don't go. I'll go every other tournament. I'd even played Queen's when I was in London, the, the smaller event I played as a player. and I said They said, oh, come on, we're all going to Wimbledon. And I said, no, nah, nah, no, not this year. Maybe 30 years from now, if I'm older, I'll go one day and maybe I'll get over myself and get my pack. But I said, until then, the day until the day I'm playing, I will never ever go there if I've never been there as a player first, and uh, and I was lucky that happened because I love the game. I want to go back to Wimbledon. I
0: know I know you well, and you are stubborn, so you would have stuck to that.
1: First time walking on the court to uh, to to go there and play. I mean, for me, that's uh, doesn't matter which court you play on. For me personally, uh, for other players, of course, they want to win Wimbledon. You know, you have these players like Nadal and Djokovic, who you know, uh, or, you know are. are changing the sport with how many grand slams and you know but for me personally I live in my own little world and that was my own little world I just wanted to go there as a player that's
0: it okay well let's touch on that that Wimbledon journey so the match that you wanted to talk about was actually round 2 but round 1 you played Garcia Lopez and Navarro from Spain and you dispatched them in straight sets so your first first match at Wimbledon was a straight sets win just briefly before we get into the main Main match here. What was the feeling after winning your first match at Wimbledon? It must have been, you must have been ecstatic. I mean, I was there, I saw it. But your feeling personally, how was it?
1: Yeah, you know, I, I think I think about that moment. I mean, more than a few times in my life, I've uh, rerun that. You know, and uh, oh, I'll give you credit there, man. I think if if you hadn't been there, it wouldn't have been as good as it is in my mind as uh, as it would have been if you were not there. I, I have to give you credit there because I think. I traveled all my life alone on the tour, and you know, no one was there. I, I had family, you know, yeah, you know, so many people had supported me, but for, for many reasons, financially, none of them could be there on that day, you know. And uh,
0: it wasn't just financially they couldn't be there, but no one knew you were going to be in there until the day before, so it was very hard for someone to get there. And it, it was it was pure luck that I was on the way.
1: Exactly right. Exactly right. And. No, no. Exactly. I mean, um, it's it is luck, and it, it was planned that we would we would meet and even play more challenges on the road, and you'd come. We'd go together, and you'd help me as being as a tennis player and a tennis coach. You'd help me off court and on court, and uh, so you were. It was planned, but it was uh, yeah. You needed you know guys to pull out or get hurt, and then we get the chance to play. So so I don't blame anyone. I'm just saying it was just just the way it was. No one knew the day before we were going to play, so so no one was there. So it made it a bit more special that you were there. So we can have this discussion now about you know someone who remembers that moment. Uh, my partner remembers that moment. We talk about that also, and, um, and and you know, to share that with someone is more important, I think, because I mean, I think we grew up, and you know, I think when we played high school tennis, and you know, went to play those other t- high school teams, and uh, I mean, Wimbledon is far, 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 far away from uh, from ever thinking you're gonna, you know. Like, I'm going to be playing there. You're going to be throwing the fists up and going, we've got our first win, you know. You know, like, it's a bit of a team thing. You know, you travelled with me the years before, and, you know, those years before we talked about that one day, you know, would I ever get to Wimbledon, you come along, and, you know, the support that you'd put in in those years. And so, I think
0: that, that's what makes it special. It's not about me. Let's get back to your match. But, so obviously it was a, you know, a really exciting moment to win your first match at Wimbledon. and But you've chosen to talk about the Round 2 match, which is... Interesting because, you know, we can give it away now. You didn't win the match, but, boy, it was a memorable match, wasn't it? Yeah,
1: you know, for me in my career, like I say, like, you know, I'm not a guy who uh, will think about winning and losing a lot because I think as a tennis player, I've lost a lot more than I'll ever win, you know, but the moments and the journey and the process, uh, you know, what, what you had to kind of get over those obstacles to get, get that far, it's like, you know, winner or loss is... is is actually not important to me. So this match we end up losing, but the, the ride that we had, the ride, you know, that ride.
0: Let's talk about that ride. So you play, you played against uh, Qureshi and Armitraj. So Assam Qureshi and Prakash Armitraj. So interestingly enough, there, there was a bit of, not controversy, but a bit of talk about them because that was, I think was the very first time a Pakistani player and an Indian player had paired up at Wimbledon. So they were a bit of a story in themselves. Had you played them before in challenges? I, I know you'd played Qureshi and probably played with Qureshi before, but had you played them as a team before? And did you have, you know, did you have tactics going into the match? You and Philip, did you spend much time on it? Tell me about the pre-match. We didn't have any tactics, to be honest.
1: We were, we were surprised we were in the tournament. So we would have played anyone. We didn't know anyone. These guys were a bit higher ranked than us. And I played Qureshi in the challenges. Esam um, Qureshi is a guy born in Pakistan also and based out of Pakistan, plays for Pakistan. And um, uh, we'd grown up uh, playing some tennis together. And, uh, yeah, so I knew him well. We'd played some tournaments together before. Uh, I knew him as a player. We also knew Prakash Amitaj. But at this time, we were so happy to be in the second round. We didn't have any coaches on site apart from your knowledge and help. Um, we, didn't, uh, we didn't really plan anything. We were just happy to be in the second round. and We said, we'll just play our game and we go with it. We learned about tactics later and understanding the game and how to plan
0: teams. And, uh, and that's it. Yeah, you played out on court 11, I think it was. It's about, that sounds about right. Yeah, and it's pretty much, it's one of those courts at Wimbledon where it's, there's about two rows of seats and the rest is a standing room. Can you describe kind of what that is like on the outside court Because it looks, whenever I watch Wimbledon, I thought playing on those outside courts must be really distracting. People walking past all the time, the noise, the chatter. What's it like as a player?
1: I think it reminded me of back in the day playing at Donville Tennis Club or Cuyong Lawn people are walking around everywhere, someone's watching some matches and someone uh, someone's not watching, some are sitting down, some are walking around, there's not really, you know, those big stands. So uh, I, I was pretty comfortable there and I was in my own little world, but uh, actually quite enjoyed it. You know, you see a couple of people in the crowd you might have seen at other tournaments, you know, and uh, you, you want them to see that you're now at the big tournament. So it's kind of felt important that you are at a big tournament, but I think once the match starts, get, gets going, it's, uh, you're not really thinking about those things, but yeah, it's pretty uh, pretty cozy, like, you know, they're on top of you and it's uh, it's, uh, it's a different feeling to the bigger courts. I've practiced and, and played on some of the bigger courts and uh, I'd it's, say it's, it's, uh, it was good to have that as a first experience, I would say. You know, I, I'd always thought that that's how I would like my first ever experience to be, you know, in the, in the trenches.
0: What do you remember of the match? Because the I'm going to read out the scoreline here. You probably know it off by heart, but... The scoreline was 5-7, 4-6, 7-6, 7-6, and you guys lost the fifth set 6-8. So it was, I think it was four hours and 11 minutes or something like that. So you probably remember more of it than me. For me, it was a bit of a bit of a blur. I know you can of analyze your matches and you remember things quite well, but do you remember what happened in those first couple of sets when you dropped them? Because they were tight sets. Every set was tight. So do you remember what the feeling was after those first one or two sets?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, yeah, we got out there. We were a bit uncomfortable, but we were fighting. I'm very good friends with Philip. Um, Mark's German tennis player. Lives 15 minutes from me in Germany in Frankfurt. And uh, yeah, he's, he's a very, very good friend. and uh, And we knew in each other's friendship that we will stick together. That was the most important thing, but we were a bit uncomfortable. We didn't know what to do. Uh, We didn't have a coach. We didn't have a plan. These guys were getting on top of us a little bit after the first set. It was close, but they were just better in the bigger moments. They were a bit more relaxed. We were a bit more nervous. But after the two sets, we kind of got a bit of the nothing to lose mentality, and we said, all right, just it's probably not going to work out for us, but what a ride. It's been a great experience. We're going to learn from this, and we'll be back. So I think we were probably thinking it's almost done, and I remember we are down match points in the third set, I was serving, score was 4-5, so the other guy's 5-4
0: up. Yeah, I reckon you saved three match points in that third set.
1: It was love 40 in that game, I remember very well. Love 40 in that game, and I was saying to Philip, Hey man, I think we're gonna have to risk more and we just go with what's going on here and, uh, and see what happens. And he said, yep, let's do it. And we started taking bigger risks on second serves. We were trying to uh, commit to more shots, like more riskier shots. I mean, as we realized we had to up our game a bit more and it took us till match point down to do that. But once we got out of those three points, I felt like, like uh, we turned a corner and then we managed to play a better tie break. So that means we played a few uh, bigger points, a little bit better than we had in the past two sets and uh, we did that again in the fourth set and I felt like we started to get on top of them in the fifth set like mentally it was a really close match it's uh, percentages were a difference of one two percents turning the other way and then we had a yeah you know so we we served for that match uh we got we broke them we served for the match at six five
0: backtrack a little bit so you, you've taken the third set seven six and do, do you feel in that situation you kind of touch on there do you feel a momentum shift and you really feel like okay we can get on top of these guys
1: I think, you know, like, yeah, once you get the third set, I'm more looking to my partner. I'm sitting on the bench, the minute and a half, two minutes that we have. I'm looking at him. I'm going, are we still here? We're looking at each other and we're going, we're still alive in Wimbledon, man. You've never played at Wimbledon. I've never played Wimbledon. We've at least bought ourselves another half hour of the hell turfs turf of these green gas courts. We, we've got another shot at this. We are alive, you know, and we're, that's where we look at each other. We've got a smile on our face and we're going, sun's out. We're going to play some tennis, you yeah. know, and uh, so we basically took that mindset and…
0: Uh, and, then, and, that, and that fourth set was also went to a tie break. So, I mean, were you nervous? Like, or you just at that stage, you still kind of feel like you've got nothing to lose?
1: Oh, I don't think we have, we still think we have nothing to lose. You know, I think we felt like those guys were better after the two sets, first two sets. Yeah, I think we just, we were still happy to be there and we were hoping to get another shot, another half an hour, another hour out there on the courts. Uh, That's our, that, that was our plan. We didn't really clearly know what we wanted to do out there, but we knew that we were close enough. We were keeping it close and we had to be brave. Probably we mentioned that to ourselves that we have nothing to lose. That gave us, you know, More freedom and to be easier to be brave when you have nothing to lose. But other than that, I don't think we really did much different, uh, much differently. Uh, So, yeah, and I think we were happy to be alive in the fifth.
0: Yeah, one thing I do remember is when when it did get to that fifth set, it was like it was like five thousand people descended on court eleven out of nowhere because the first couple of sets, you know, people wanted to buy, they take a seat for a few minutes, they walk off, and I remember the fifth set kind of starting, and and I looked around and there were people kind of peering over my shoulder, and and there were five or six deep trying to get a look at what was happening on this court because it was it was an entertaining match, not just a long match. It was entertaining.
1: It really was. I think the other guys had good energy. They could see that we were starting to come back, and I think as a spectator, I'm a huge tennis fan. I think we like a little bit of drama. Fifth set, you're not sure what's going on. There's no tiebreak. Four all, five all. I do remember looking out there, and I thought, this is getting packed. This is getting interesting. This is where we have some fun now, you know? And, uh, you know, when you're having fun, it can it can end up well or, you know, you go up, you go down, but it's all right, you know? And I think those people are looking for a ride and so were we, you know? So when it got to 5-0, 6-5, it was 6 all.
0: At 5 all, you broke them. Do you remember do you remember that game or how you broke them?
1: Yeah, I remember that game really well, actually. five all. At 5 all 40-love, these guys had served really well throughout the whole match and we hadn't... Uh, we hadn't had much chances to break them. I'd go as far as saying we hadn't even had a break point the whole match to break them. And at 5 all 40-love, they're thinking they're going to win the game. We are a bit frustrated also that we haven't been able to get into more return games. And I remember at 40-love, I'm returning, and I'm more like, you know, a bit nonchalant thinking, yeah, we don't really have a chance to break them. And I hit maybe my best return of the match. We hit a return winner, 40-15. The other guys got a bit, you know, lazy with their mindset to put us away in that game. Double fall, 40-30. And then maybe a nervous point, good point for my partner, we were juiced. And at five or a juice, it's like lightning striking really quickly, you know? We're thinking, we haven't been juiced for probably an hour. It's on grass, doubles, you know, the serves dominated the the match, which is can happen on grass doubles. I remember they're missing a first serve. My partner, you know, really playing a really aggressive forehand, like with nothing to lose and we're at break point. And I couldn't believe my luck. I'm thinking, what the hell? We have a break point. We were nervous. They were nervous because we hadn't been in that situation for almost four hours. And I remember hitting one of the worst returns of the match in the middle of the court, just a small, just a short lob, you know, just to make sure. I didn't want to block it. I just lobbed it because I didn't want to miss. And these guys, it went in between them and they let it bounce. And if you let a shot bounce on grass, it doesn't, it doesn't bounce as well. And they just blocked the ball and we blocked the next one. We all end up at the net and it just became a reflex point. No one's thinking, no time to think. And we end up winning that point. It was something like that.
0: And then we were like, we've got the break and we were serving for the match. Do you remember what you did after you broke it five all? Did I do a little dance move? I, I remember seeing the dance move. I thought, oh, he's gone early.
1: Yeah, and that—that's exactly what happened. Uh, you know, that's how you learn about experiences and uh, how to be. And you know, and uh, the, the funny thing is, I actually need to release that. It was important for me to get that release. And uh,
0: serving for the match at six five. Do, do you remember how what happened in that game?
1: So like going back to the dance move, that was a really, really interesting thing that, you know, that happened naturally. I was just like, I needed to release that to kind of really focus back into the next point. I'm a, big basketball fan I watch a fair bit of basketball and it quite reminds me of Steph Curry a little bit you know like he's on when he hits his three-pointer he does this little shimmy dance type of thing you know doesn't matter if you win or lose but he's kind of you can see it's an enjoyment he's enjoying the moment about executing what he thought he could do and you know so it's more about the process so that's what I was letting out even though we lost the match you know so we served for the match at 6 and um uh, my partner got to 30 love and uh much bigger server than I am, so it was. we thought that was going to help us. The other guys now got into the nothing-to-lose mentality and played a couple of really good points. Obviously, we got a bit nervous and missed a couple of shots. One thing led to another. It happened pretty fast from there, actually, so we ended up losing three games in a row. We lost our momentum. We lost our mindset a little bit, and uh, and we lost 8-6. And before we realized, 10 minutes later, we're in the back in the locker room. Uh, it happened all fast.
0: Yeah, so I was just going to say, it's amazing how quick it happens, isn't it?
1: And uh, But so is life. So is life. So I think that I, I could accept that it was not easy to. It was not easy in the moment, but you have to accept that.
0: And after losing a match like that, I remember the scene in the locker room afterwards. It, it was that feeling of how did that happen so quick? What happened? What? Why are we here? Did it take you guys long to get over it? Did you Did you kind of discuss what happened afterwards, or was it more like? Don't talk to each other for a little bit. Let us let us calm down, and we'll, we'll meet for lunch later, kind of thing.
1: I think we 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 yeah we ate lunch together. We took a shower. We relaxed. But I'd go as far as saying, me and Philip have never talked about that match since that day. I think it's just it just never came up. We never even analysed that match. It was uh, it, it stays in our memories. It stays in his memory, and uh, and that's it. I, I, it. There was no analysis to be made there. There's sometimes you can't look at analysis and go or things. Some things just happened. and that's one of those things that happen in sport, you know? You know, it's like, it just happened. So, and I think we both accepted it. We it, it, it took us maybe a couple of weeks to get over it. We played tournaments together. It was all good, but I could see that was with us a little bit longer, that, we, you know, we lost a few matches where it got a bit tight after that. And But I ne- we never looked back at it and thinking that we always looked at that moment, how we played, and we always looked at positive. We never talked about that match or, as a bad thing or, you know.
0: Well, the tennis world moves on quick, doesn't it? Like, there's a tournament the week after, so, I mean... Yep. Uh, after a match like that do you i guess do you carry the disappointment because i remember you went straight you flew straight to the Braunschweig challenger and played singles qualies like a day or two later which like i think i said to you at the time and i think you even knew probably wasn't the best move but was that kind of just to get back on the horse and try and get over it?
1: The coach at my time wanted me to be pursuing singles a lot more and he said, yeah, that's an opportunity to play. So I, I you know, I respected the coach's decision and I was like, OK, I've got to get back on the horse, get back out there and do it. Yeah, it probably wasn't the uh, best decision because emotionally hadn't cooled off yet. In the moment you make decisions, what you think are going to help you on the best decisions for you. Maybe later you can look at them and go, maybe you could have done that differently. But I don't think it helps back anything. I think that emotion, that raw emotion is what makes the game you know make sports and
0: uh... definitely a memorable match and it's one that will stick in my memory for a long time i was lucky enough to have a front row seat and obviously you remember you know in far more detail than myself so it obviously means still means something to you and thank you for uh, for discussing that that match and the early part of your career and plenty of other stories there last question what are you doing now that you've kind of not retired from tennis but semi-retired from tennis so you've got your own academy over in germany now is that right
1: Got a small academy, United Tennis Academy. It's uh, off the back of my name, United, not spelled U-N-I-T-E-D, but more United Tennis Academy. It's based out of Offenbach. It's uh, about 10 minutes from Frankfurt in Germany. And uh, we're a small academy, just growing, been officially open for about a year and a half. And uh, we're taking care of a few players and uh, trying to instill uh, some things with them them that can take them to Wimbledon one day tennis is a deep sport now it's played worldwide and uh there's a lot of things that go into ever to going back to playing uh, wimbledon you know
0: it's an academy open to anyone if if anyone's listening here they can uh, they can get in touch with you via the website and um come and train there in, in frankfurt
1: it's uh it's open to everyone uh, anyone interested can contact us by email or you know, check out our stuff on website on our website united.com mm-hmm. that's uh, that's our goal you know to uh to, you know, help tennis players uh, succeed in uh, in their tennis careers. It doesn't have to go to Wimbledon, but uh, whatever their goals are.
0: That's about it, mate. It's been an absolute pleasure to have a chat and, and talk about some of the old times and, and learn a bit more about your career. But one thing you touched on earlier about your old man, I think you'd be very proud in what you've done in your tennis career.
1: It was, it was fun chatting. And uh, yeah, it's good to look back at some of those things and uh, you know, reminds you of good times. Uh, some tough times, but good times. They're not all wins in life. Some are losses, but uh, and it's been, it's been a fun ride for me. So that's one of the memorable matches that I had where I learned a lot from. And, you know, it sums up my tennis career. It went up, went down, went up, went down, and ended up in a loss.
0: Thank you for your time, mate. It's been a pleasure.
1: Yeah, no, thanks for, thanks for having me. And uh, more than welcome to do it again sometime.
0: The First Serve is your home of
1: tennis at thefirstserve.com.au. Log on to find out all the details of our live radio show, other podcasts, read weekly features by our team of writers, and follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram,
0: TikTok, and subscribe to our YouTube channel.